Hi, I want to welcome you to Raising Playful Tots. My name's Melitza. I hope this show is a place where mothers like you can safely explore a slower, simpler and playful lifestyle so that you can get to the heart of what your family needs to thrive both now and in the years to come. Well, I'm happy that you are back here with the show today. You've heard the research about the importance of family meal times, and you'd like to get from where you are to more regular family meal times. It's not always easy to just switch over to everyone sitting together and having a happy meal time experience. Believe me, I know too. So instead of just focusing on why we should, I'll assume that since you're listening to the show, you mostly know the why of why you want to have a family meal time altogether, and we'll spend most of the show concentrating more on the how. How on earth do I gather my family all together for a family meal time experience and it be a good one? There are lots of reasons why. Now's the time to look at your family meal time ritual. Maybe your children are growing and changing, and during the early stages, perhaps there wasn't a routine or a ritual associated with mealtimes. It was more get any food in at any opportunity and hope that they like it this time. Now, you're in a different state. The children are older, they do different things. You want to change things. Or maybe you've moved home. That can signal a change too in mealtime rituals is you gain or lose space for everyone being able to gather together around a table and actually have some mealtime for each other. Or maybe you'd like to change a few things that you currently already do. You already have some sort of dinner time experiences and you want to add to them, change them for your own reasons. Maybe it didn't work before or maybe it used to work in the past and now you realize that the children are just different and so you need something different. You are not alone. We're always all on the lookout for new things that work for our children. So today I want to share just four steps to a smoother family mealtime. Now everyone is together. So it's not slurp and silence. So they're either you know, stuffing their faces and then everybody's silent or everybody's arguing, although I cannot guarantee that there won't be times when this happens to all of us. First of all, I'd like to say that family meal times, we usually traditionally think of that as family dinner time. But for many families, this isn't possible because everyone is not together during the dinner time time because of work conditions and lots of other things. So throughout this episode, we are talking about a meal time that you can all do together, whether that's breakfast, whether that's lunch, whether that's dinner time. Next, the earlier you start a meal ritual, the easier it usually is, just because it becomes a part of what the family does. And as new members of the family join, it's just now, this is just the way that we do it. So don't think that if you have younger children that this is something that you don't need to do, you can adapt it to suit your family the best way that you can. As the children are older, it's often harder to introduce this, but not impossible. Just have to try it in slightly different ways. Change is hard and there will be a lot of resistance. Um, Sometimes it comes even from ourselves because it's hard to maintain that consistency all the way through. But persevere, there 
are lots of really good experiences that you get from having a family meal ritual. Try a few of these ideas consistently if this is the beginning for you. If you are starting a family meal ritual from the beginning, this is the first time you're thinking, you know, I really want to have something special. Don't try all of these activities at once. Try just a few ideas consistently and then add things on as you need to. Also, get rid of stuff that just doesn't work. So here are um, a quick five reasons why you need a family meal ritual. Sometimes it's good as a reminder for us when life on our ranches are not going so well. We need to remember why we are doing this. There is a bigger purpose here. And sometimes we might, might want to convince somebody else in our family that, hey, we really need to start a family meal ritual. So some of these reasons are helpful for that too. We love the coming together of everyone participating in the meal. There may have been one person cooking, but everyone has a hand in making the meal a family effort. This together thing helps families to know their strength as a unit and how we are each needed separately. So everyone participating is number one. The second reason, we love how we can repeat the same experience wherever we rest, be it in a hotel or on holiday. We do this one thing the same. So wherever you are, this is the thing that unites us. This is what makes us our family. Repeat the same experience wherever we rest. The third thing, we love our eclectic props and tools that each tell a story of children, friends, family, and places. As we get into the second part of this show on creating your family meal time, we talk a little bit more about the things that you bring to the meal table that are special. And those eclectic props and tools that you bring, oh, they, they have a fantastic story that you can retell and make that your family story. So these props and tools, telling the story, gives the family so much more depth. Number four, we know what to expect. There's time to anticipate and participate. So when we say it's family time, family meal time, everybody knows what's gonna happen. It's one of the routines that are really easy for everyone to participate in, know what to expect. There are actually lots of things that happen during family that are unexpected. So it's nice, even as the children get older, that there'll be some routines that are just the same wherever you are. Know what to expect, number four. And the fifth reason why you need a family meal ritual, we would say is whatever has happened, we come together and do this thing in love. So regardless of what's happened beforehand, we can still all come together and have a family meal time that's not tense and not fraught, but we can set aside our things, our emotions for the moment and try and come together in love. So they're the five reasons why you need a family meal ritual. Everyone participating, repeat the same experience wherever we rest, eclectic props, tools that each tell a story, know what to expect and we come together and we do this thing in love. So as we have more and more children and we've, begin to, we've begun to notice that 
family time erodes as children get older unless we take steps to protect that time or actually carve out a time for coming together. One year there's a regular mealtime slot, there's family meetings, there's family nights, but then one child or more gets interested in a new sport or there's arts or as an academic activity or something and all too often the evenings start changing and the schedules start changing. It happens to all of us. I guess the rule to learn is flexibility and deciding what's important for our family at this time. So for each of us, we really have to look into our own heart and make some firm commitments about what we decide to commit to. Family mealtimes have always been a must in our family for catching up on what's going on with each child. You can shuffle in the house and shuffle into your room and you not really gather the emotions of each child as they get older, especially as they become teens and tweens. You won't always know what's really going on, but when you sit opposite each other at a table, you can see their faces and you can see the emotions that they have or that they bring with them to the table. It's a time where you can ask those questions and we can work out that body language a little bit more or know to ask after the mealtime if that's not an appropriate time. So family mealtimes have always been a, much for catching, a must for catching up on what's going on with each child. It's a time for laughing and sharing. Sometimes school and life can be quite hardcore and we need a time to connect, share the things that are going on, laugh and joke about and really just kind of commune together as a family. It's also been a lesson in having conversation, <laughs> learning how to be interested when things that other people are talking about aren't interesting. Starting conversations, knowing how to start a conversation and when to stop talking. There are many, many, many things that happen at the table and connection is the best. This episode is about creating that mealtime ritual, but there are other ways to get these things in before you write me. This is just the focus of the show today. So the first thing is atmosphere, the one that um, I hinted at a moment ago. Come ready to commune with us. Over the years that we've found that you can plan for a good atmosphere at the table a little bit. There will always be curveballs, but have a little something ready comes easily after a time and the children catch on and follow the lead. Now there's five of us in our family, there's always something to talk about. We ask that everyone comes to the table ready to commune. So we have giggly kids who arrive, still playing and knocking over things. We have mad kids who are still mad about something or with someone who would prefer to fold their arms and harumph all the way through dinner. And we ask that the kids come to the table ready to be at the table, asking that they resolve disputes enough to be civil and calm down enough not to be a liability to the things on the table. We're not perfect, but this has helped our atmosphere. It's also something that we as adults have tried very hard to do for ourselves too, because sometimes we are the ones that want to harumph all the way through dinner. So we ask that everybody that comes to the table is ready to have conversations, get themselves to a place where that they can do that. The second step is an opening 
We use a whiteboard of duties that rotate. So like contributions, we find it's best to know who is doing what. We need to know who is helping set up the table. This is a recent thing for us to have a whiteboard and we decide who's actually doing what by writing it all down. In the past, everybody's just learned what they're going to do and it's kind of been a free-for-all. I like that because there were negotiation skills that everybody had to work out what they were doing and swap with somebody else and find their way. And I like that. I thought that that was a kind of a good thing. But I always found that there was at least one who gets the raw end of the stick. And it was often the same child all the time. And while you think uh, they should learn how to do this properly or better, they weren't, and they actually weren't learning how to do any of the other tasks that were available, and that's really not fair. So we've made a whiteboard where we listed all of the tasks, and we have assigned them. And we, at the moment, we've done it in date order, so we've split the month into three equalish parts, and everybody gets to swap for each third of the month. So from, I think it's day one to day 10, you do one, I think three different ones. And then day 11 to, I don't know, day 21, you would do three other ones and then, and so on and so on. And so everybody's rotating every 10 days or so, all the way through the month. Now that's very prescriptive to be able to write down exactly what, you know, you are doing the plates for 10 days, you are doing the napkins for 10 days, you are cleaning the floor for 10 days. But that's helped cut down on the fussing and the arguments and it does solve the problem of that one or two children that hog the activities that they'd like to do. It stops the older children doing the easy stuff because, well, they can and they don't want to do the other stuff and they've worked it out. It stops the younger kids from just doing one job only. So we really like it like that. Every now and again we stop and give them a chance to negotiate and that works for a while. So we, we kind of rotate between the free-for-all and assigning rotating setups and sometimes they change and swap with each other. So it's not a perfect system but it's something that we're working on and trying to get the best done because you can't come to the table with a nice attitude <laughs> and feeling good if you've just had a bust up over whose turn it was to do the plates. So that's number two, an opening. Making sure that we lay the groundwork well so everybody knows what their role is, their purpose, what, what's needed from them. Number three, collection and setup. When you know what you're doing, it's easy to do your job. Know when something is missing and who it belongs to. So the kids help each other out as one finishes up homework or coloring a picture. Somebody might help by doing that task. Maybe a brother is away from home and so they will fill in and do the the job of what that other person has done. It's an easy way to show kindness without expecting praise and reward. It also reduces the fighting over um, any everything. You know, I, I've done this 10 times and you've never done it. It's amazing 
Um, the time just before dinner can be a really cranky time and squabbles erupt over just minor, minor things. So it's really nice to actually have, this is where we collect all of our cutlery and it goes into this container and this container goes on the table. These, situa these rituals and containers and things that we do, everybody knows what they are so it makes it a lot easier to make it work. Right now, they decide and have full control over their area, and frankly, they love it. So if they're collecting the cutlery, if they want to put it in the container, there's five of us, so that's, you know, ten pieces of cutlery that we're going to be putting in this container, because it makes it easier to hold everything. But maybe today they want to lay out all the cutlery for everybody, so that everybody has a fork and knife. Maybe that's what they want to do. Um, they're fully able to make those choices about what they want to do. Whoever does the napkins might want to use the napkins that's just the kitchen roll that's folded or the paper napkins or they want to get the fancy napkins, that's fine. They get to choose which one. Same with the plates, same with any of the ones that we have. You, they have some control over how they do it and how they put it back needs to be put back in the same place so that it can be found again. Number four, gathering, pause, thankful practice. So we all gather at the table that's fully laid. Sometimes we need to pause to bring us all together at the table. So even though with number one, we ask that everybody comes together, as we heard from number two, sometimes there can be frustrations with whose job it is to do what, that by the time we get to the table we can still be feeling a bit fraught. Sometimes children are just over excited and they just need a moment to just kind of catch their breath and not fall off the chair. So we need a pause. Slow breath in and out, maybe a three to five second pause usually brings us all present away from the giggles if that's what's the problem. Um, to the to-do list making that we often do in our heads, the things that we were still thinking of before we were called, and we remember that we're not meant to be humming and singing all those songs. So we have this pause and thoughtful way that we gather. Sometimes it's good to not actually look at each other because you get the giggles all over again when we do that. So we sometimes just look away from each other, but it's just the pause and the bringing together. We've also used a candle to help with that time because something about lighting a candle, especially in the, the winter, autumn in the winter when the, we have dinner time and it's usually dark by that time, you can turn the lights out and light the candles and that kind of brings everybody towards the candle, calms the whole situation down for us to lay the foundation of starting our meal where we can have conversations we're present fully in that space but right now we're in summer so we're not using a candle and often a pause is all that we need and we say grace before we start our food and are thankful for the food that's set before us and we use prayer sticks where we have uh, printed out some prayers that we found online I'll leave a link for those in the show notes and we put those on um, prayer sticks, what do we call those? Um, lollipop sticks, craft sticks, 
and they're printed off and they are in a container and they sit on the table and one of the children will take the prayer sticks and um, say a grace or whoever's t whoever would like to. You can also do a, a free a free prayer if that's what you would like to do too. We've also added to that list grandparents, aunts and uncles, cousins, family nearby and far away, friends, each of our names, teachers, helpers, those who are hungry, those who are hurting or sick, and those who need a hug and a friend. So we can say those types of prayers as well. Um, they come into our, the mealtime ritual of being present, gathering, pausing, and a thankful practice. If we pull our name out, we put it back. Um, sometimes we get an off-the-cuff prayer. Sometimes everybody prays. Um, it, it really depends. Whatever works for the moment, there is no hard and fast rule for that. Um, all these activities lead up to the eating, the anticipation and the joy of, of being together. So we have those four things at the moment. We have the atmosphere, come ready to commune and be with us. Everyone comes to the, re the table ready to do this. Then we have an opening. The be it's best to know who is doing what. And we use a whiteboard with all the duties that are on there so that when everybody's asked to come, they know exactly what to do. Collection and setup. Number three, when you know what you're doing, you can do it well and you can tell when something is missing and who it belongs to. You can show kindness without expecting praise and reward and there's less fighting because you just know what needs to happen. Once you've all gathered, we still need to be present, fully present, not thinking of all sorts of other things. We need to be fully present. We need to pause and we need to have some sort of thankful practice. We choose prayer, but there's many other ways that we can be thankful for the food that we have in front of us. So now it's your turn. If you want to change your family meal time or you have some family rituals that you do at your home, I'd love to hear, especially before the next show. Today we got to just before we eat. We'll continue with the next steps in the next show and I'd love to share some of those family rituals that you do. It'd be really cool actually if you could call in to the voicemail and be able to leave those messages as voicemails so that um, I can play those on the show. And you can find that at speakpipe.com forward slash RPT. That's Raising Playful Tots. That's speakpipe, S-P-E-A-K-P-I-P-E, speakpipe.com and then forward slash RPT. Use the hashtag creating family haven on Twitter and Instagram to talk about this episode or share your ideas in our Facebook group. Thanks for being here today. I know that there are many things that you could be doing right now and I'm glad that you've chosen to be here today. I hope that something I've said has triggered you to investigate something more and helped you make a decision about your wonderful family. Don't forget to leave us a rating or comment wherever you subscribe. I know it seems like a small thing, but it's one of the best ways as it helps new people find the show. Show notes for today's show with links is at raisingplayfultots.com forward slash 191. While you're there, you can get the fortnightly Raising Playful Tots note that has encouragement and ideas on our journey of intentional, simple parenting and simple play. 
I'll see you again next time. You've been listening to Raising Playful Tots, show number 191. Come over and play next week. Until then, find time for some unplugged play and intentional parenting. Join with me each week as we share, learn and laugh together about making the most of creating our family haven. Goodbye. Are you still there? For a bit of fun, tweet me the word forks on Twitter. I'm at play activities.